This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. Can I just share a testimony with you for a moment? Is that okay? Today, some of you are like, you've got the mic, it doesn't really matter. All right, but uh, I just want to share a testimony. We've been getting testimonies from all over about what God has been doing here in North Georgia. Uh, I, as I travel, as I go out in our community, I'm hearing testimonies about what's happening at the revival, what's happening through our campuses, what's, what's happening all over, and, and the Spirit of God that is moving. And we uh we're in Tennessee this week. Actually, Carl rode up with me to Tennessee this week. I had a meeting that I had to take, and so I drove to Chattanooga. And as I, as I got there, uh, I met a young couple. And this young couple, as we were talking, the, the fact that we were in Dawsonville came up, and they said, oh, where the revival's happening. And I said, yeah, where the revival's happening. As a matter of fact, I, I get to preach the revival. And, and, and they said, well, we got to tell you our revival testimony. I said, oh, you've been to the revival. And they said, no, we've never been there, but we have a revival testimony. And I said, you've never been there, but you have a testimony. And they said, yes, listen to this story, Pastor. And so they began to tell me about their family. And they said, my brother and his wife don't actively attend church as they know they should, but that they uh, do know uh, Christ and they should, they need to get their life right with Jesus. And, and, and so they're expecting their first child and, and the horrible news comes to them that their child uh, is not going to survive the birthing process. That something is horribly wrong with their child and they're simply preparing for their child uh, to die before it is born. And they're devastated. And they said, as devastated as they were, that our uh, family began to pray. And said, suddenly, the mother, the grandmother, began to declare, she said, you need to get to the revival. You need to get baptized. Began to declare over and over again, you need to get to the revival. And though they tried several times, they were unsuccessful, and the time was drastically running out. And so said, finally the grandmother said, well, if you're not going to get there, the same Holy Spirit that's moving in that revival can move right here in our house. So she grabbed hold of them and began to pray. And as they began to pray, God began to fill that environment. This was her prayer. God made the God who's healing people in Dawsonville, Georgia, heal people, uh, heal my daughter and heal my this granddaughter that's in her womb right now in the name of Jesus Christ. And suddenly there was an atmosphere change. And they said, Pastor, we'd love to show you a picture of a three-month-old beautiful baby girl. Amen. Come on, give God a praise. Amen. I don't know what you're facing, but I do know that my God's a healer and he's able. I want to talk to you about what's been going on in our church. Good things are happening. Again, uh, last week while I was so injured, I actually snuck down to our south campus. So I've been in our east campus, our south campus, and now here home at central campus uh, in the last three weeks and excited about what's happening over uh, in our west campus as they're about to reach their community and a tremendous back to school effort there. God's doing some great things. But one of the things that we're focusing on right now is, is motivation. And I want you to open your Bibles to 2 Kings chapter number 13. 2 Kings chapter number 13. We're, we're going to be talking about what motivates your life over the next few weeks, okay? And, and so what is your motivation? 
Because you've got to have the right motivation. And what kind of started this process with us was we, we did a study with our staff, and, and this study came out of the book of 1 Corinthians. And in 1 Corinthians chapter number 12, chapter number 13, and chapter number 14, we find some very unique passages of Scripture. If I were to say to you what, chapter, what each chapter discusses, your serious uh, 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 theologians would understand what chapter 14 is. Your average Bible studier might understand chapter 12, but most Christians in general get a pretty good picture of what chapter 13 of 1 Corinthians is about, okay? So let's just talk about that for a moment. Chapter number 12 is about the gifts of the Spirit, that He has given us the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives to help us, and that He's given us this, these gifts that we might be equipped for the work of the ministry. And they're gifts like the working of miracles, the laying on of hands for healing, the work, the gift of faith, the, the, the power to prophesy, the power to speak in tongues and to interpret tongues and, and to know things and to discern spirits and as others, those that know, act, and to speak. There's all of these gifts of the Spirit that were given to us and that they're important for the body. And then over in chapter number 14, it says, and here's how you're going to use these gifts in order. Are you with me? Here's what God gave you, and here's how you're going to keep it orderly to deal with this. And that makes sense. God's gift, God's order. Here's what it is, here's how you use it. Makes sense. And right in the middle of chapter 12 and chapter 14 is chapter 13, which we call the... Love chapter. Kind of have to sound like Barry White to say that. The love chapter. Come on now, you know what I'm saying? The love chapter. And that is the love chapter, and it's, it seems out of place. It's almost like we have this mindset that somehow the chapters were just thrown together without an order, but they weren't even chapters. These are letters that, that Paul was writing because he was trying to get a specific thing accomplished in their lives. And so as he's writing this letter to them, he says, now here's what God has given you to let you walk in power. And here's how you're going to walk in that power. But right in the middle of it, he says, and here has to be your motivation for using those gifts of the Spirit. Look at this carefully. He says, you can shout with tongues, but if I have not love, I'm a clanging brass and a loud cymbal. Unless I have the right motivation for what I'm doing, then I am doing the wrong thing. Because if you don't have the right motivation, then it doesn't matter how you dress it up, it still stinks. When I told them I wanted two pigs dressed up in clothes for the, for the graphic for the screen, they said, are you real, for real, Pastor? I said, yes, yes, because I remember back when I thought I was going to be cool. It was one Christmas Sunday, and I built a pig pen right here. Anybody remember that? Yeah, some of you remember that. I built a pig pen right here, and I was going to preach from the pig pen about the prodigal son going home for the holidays. Come on now, amen. And I thought it was going to be a great message, and I was so fired up, and it was a cold winter day, and so we had the heat going full blast, and they brought all these pigs in here, and I had all these pigs running around my feet, and what I did not know about pigs is that pigs are more car sick than I am. 
And they were clean and everything looked great. But as they got in here and they started coming out wobbling from being car sick, what they had for breakfast no longer stayed within them. But all that was within them was shared with all of us. And suddenly that whole section got up and walked out the door. And another, they were outside like worshiping in the cold. We can't, they were in the gym. They went, it stinks. Let me just tell you, I don't care how you try to make it sound right and how you try to justify yourself. If your motivation for what you're doing is wrong, it really stinks at its core. And so we're talking about the power of motivation. Now, over in 2 Kings chapter number 13, I've always preached this, 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 this scripture about intensity. That it has to be your level of pursuit, the intensity with which you pursue. And it's a great message. I preached it on three or four different continents, and it's a great sermon to preach here the level of intensity. But this passage is really not as much about intensity as I thought when I took a different look at it this week. Read with me, 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse number 14. Now Elisha had been suffering from the illness from which he died. So Elisha is starting to die. Okay, let me translate that for you. And Jehoash king of Israel went down to see him, and he wept over him. And he said, my father, my father, he cried, the chariots and the horsemen of Israel. So what he really says is this. He says, he says oh, my father, my father, the one that I trust who has protected our nation. Okay? And Elisha said to him in response, in this weakened form, Get a bow and some arrows. Okay? Get a bow and some arrows. And he did so. And Elisha then said, Take the bow into your hands. And he said to the king of Israel, He said, When he had taken it, Elisha put his hands on the king's hands. All right? And so he's got his attention. That feeble hand of the sick, dying man says, Listen to me. Open the east window. And he opened it. And now he says, shoot. Elisha said this. And so what did the king do? He shot. The Lord's arrow of victory. The arrow of victory over Aram, Elisha declared. You will completely destroy the Armenians at Apex. Then he said, watch this, take the arrows. And the king took them. And Elisha told him, and this is one of the most confusing moments in Scripture for me. He tells him, strike the ground. So what did the king do? He struck the ground three times. What did Elisha tell him to do? Strike the ground. Did he tell him to do it a lot? No. He simply said, strike the ground. So he strikes it three times. Okay, is that good? And then he stopped. And he stops. The man of God was angry with him and said, You should have struck the ground five or six times. And I stopped there and I'm like, You didn't tell him five or six times. You just told him to strike the ground. And he did it. And he says, Watch this. Then you would have completely defeated Aram and, his, and completely destroyed it. But now you will defeat it only three times. And Elisha died and was buried. 
And so I've always preached this about intensity, but I don't feel like the intensity is really at the heart of the study. I feel like that it's one of these confusing stories that really what is offered here is victory. But because the king had the wrong motivations, he ended up living in something less than what he was offered. And I fear that if we are living with the wrong motivations, we are going to live in something less than what God's called us to. Did the king fail the test? No. He did what he was told to do. So what's the problem? Could it have been an attitude thing? Probably. Could it have been a pride thing? Most likely. But the reality was this. He was close to his breakthrough. But then it happens. He's on the path to victory, and he just stops and says, Is that enough? Have I gone far enough? And he quits. Could it have been that when when Elisha said to him, take an arrow with the bow and shoot the arrow, could it have been that, that he gladly did that? Why? Because, watch this, could it have been that he gladly did that because he wanted to show everybody his prowess? Watch this. Look, boys, I'm on a set. He told me to shoot this arrow. Look at that tree way, way out there. And that fed into his ego. That action allowed him to show himself for who he was. And you know, that's what, a, what you do with a bow and arrows. You, you, you shoot them. What you don't do with arrows is violently strike them against the ground. So when it didn't make sense to him, he couldn't keep going because it did not build up what his goal was. Now think about this for a moment. I want to show some of your, your age here. There was a movie about a young man who got beat up by a bunch of young cobras. Cobra Kai's. So he goes and sees this other man. And he says, I want you to teach me martial arts. And he says, that's fine, son. Let me show you a few things. And he takes him out and he says, are you ready for this? Wax on and wax off. Woo, y'all are spiritual today. Ready for this? Paint fence. Interesting. Wash car. Then what was the last one? Sand floor. And in this moment, it wasn't glamorous. It wasn't what he had in mind. His motivation was to show those men who he really was, but the teacher's motivation was to help him learn who he really was. Could it be that what we're going through, because we have the wrong motivation, we can't get over because we're trying to show somebody else, you shouldn't have messed with me. But in reality, we should be learning who God says we are so that we can be the same believer no matter what we're facing, no matter what storm we're going through, that we can keep going forward the way that God has called us to. I'm preaching you truth here now. But how many times have we thought... What good is this doing? And we quit. We just quit. Well, I'm not tithing anymore. Y'all are the only service that got that one. Listen to me. 
Do we live in a place of expecting too little? Are we going to make a commitment and are we going to stick to it? What do you need to keep doing? You need to keep doing the right things in your life. Keep doing the right things. Keep praying. But Pastor Don, I'm not seeing anything happen. I'm done. No, keep praying till you see God move for you. But Pastor Don, I've been fighting this battle for years. Keep praying until God makes you the person who can come through that battle. Keep going. You got to keep doing the right things. Like reading your Bible. Sometimes it's not fun. I believe you have to live your sermons. And this last Thursday, after I preached Wednesday night, I preached so hard Wednesday night, that revival style message where with these hurt ribs, I felt like my heart was, I held the mic like this. I don't know if you remember that, but if you were there, I held the mic like, I felt like my ribs were coming apart while I was preaching. And, and, and so I went home and, and I said, honey, I don't want to do it, but I'll, I'll take one of those Tylenol PM things that you've been saying I need. And so I took one. And when you don't take that kind of stuff, it's not good. I mean, the next morning when it came time to get up to go pray, I was like, I was trying to decide what planet I was on. <laughs> I'm telling you, I had a, an image that I was one of those bears in the, in the quilted uh, uh, toilet paper commercials. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> it was not good. But I still got up and I still went to my prayer room. And when I got there, I started talking to God and I started trying to read my Bible. And then when I'd start reading something, I, I mean, I'd be like, woo. And I'm like, no, read your Bible. Woo, read your Bible. Woo. Quilted cotton. But anyways, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it was just awful. And then it seemed like when I did speak, you ever heard that term brass heaven, which means you can't get your prayers through? There was no brass to it. And what's, what's that that Captain America's uh, uh, shield's made out of? Vibranium. That's what heaven felt like. Nothing was going through. And so I, I was trying to pray and I was like, I'll, I was using that scripture. I got a big comfy chair in there and I was like, Lord, upon this comfy bed will I meditate upon thee, O God. And he's like, get on your knees. And I'm like, God, if I get on my knees from here to here, it's going to feel like it's exploding. And he's like, get on your knees. And so I finally get out on my knees. And I'm, I'm, I'm in an awkward state. And, and I'm just starting to touch heaven. And there's a little crack in the, in, the, in the windows of heaven. And the door opens. And they go, oh, sorry, didn't know you were praying. I was like, didn't know I was praying. <laughs> well, I'm not. <laughs> I'm trying to. Do you know what I made up my mind in the middle of that fog? It took me to 1140 before I could make good sentences. Carl had to ride in a car with me. I was like, <laughs> and I was driving. <laughs> and he was working on his prayer life. Come on now, man. <laughs> but listen to me. I was, I was struggling. But I made up my mind in the middle of that prayer room, I will not leave until I've prayed for you and for my family and for the ministries under our care. And I went through the whole list and I said, it may not act like it's working today, but I'm still going to do it. And I'm going to read what I normally read and I don't care what heaven feels like because I'm not giving up. I'm not quitting just because I don't feel good today. Because if you quit one day, it'll be a month before you realize it. So keep going. Keep honoring 
in God. Stay faithful to God's house. Stay faithful in your praise. Keep serving God. See, the problem is you will quit the right things, but you need to start quitting the wrong things. You need to quit the wrong things. And I'm not going to go into all the wrong things today, but I will tell you this. How you're going to keep doing the right things and quit the wrong things, because you really know what those are anyways, you come back next Sunday, I'll be happy to talk about some wrong things. But the way you're going to do that is finding the right motives. You've got to find the right motives. Now listen to me carefully. When we find the right motives, it's really not about the things that make us different. It's about what's driving our heart. You see, sometimes people handle things differently. And just because somebody does something different does not necessarily make one right or wrong. For example, I know this is going to sound strange, but some of you know no better and you put sugar in your cornbread. God bless you in your little northern heart. That doesn't make it wrong. It just makes it different. Somebody said, sure it does. I heard that out of my right. It doesn't make you wrong. Some of you buy Jif. It doesn't make you wrong. Well, a little bit, but, it, but, 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 but you haven't discovered Peter Pan yet. Some of you use Miracle Whip. You need to repent. Listen to me. Let me go on. Nothing spiritual about this church. If you'll watch it, the Bible says Jesus didn't speak without illustrations. Because here's what I want you to get. Just because you do something different than I do, it doesn't make you right or wrong. The method is not the measure, but the motive is. Why do you do what you do? Is it to prove somebody else wrong? Do you... Do you Work so hard so you can prove your dad wrong? Do you spend way too much money so that you can act like you're one of the better off families in the neighborhood? That's not God's plan. God's plan is for you to have right motives in everything you do. Now, it's real easy to find the right motives, and we find those via a scripture that most people ignore because it's so popular, but it's Psalms 37, 4, and I'm going to give this to you as fast as I can. It says, take delight in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. That doesn't mean that God's going to give you everything you want. I'm thankful that God hasn't given me everything I wanted. There were times Christina and I prayed for uh, things that we didn't need in our lives. And on the other side of it, we were like, thank you, God, for not answering that prayer. There was one time that there was this car. We wanted a car for so long, and there was this green Explorer sitting on the side of the road at a car lot. And as I drove past, I said, Lord, I really wish I could have a car like that. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, Son, you can have that car. I said, Lord, they're not going to give it to me without a co-signer. And I was determined I wouldn't buy one without a co-signer. And we were just newly married and, and didn't have credit yet. And, and, and he said, they'll give you that car. So sure enough, we drove over there, and they gave us that car. I felt like I had robbed them when I left that place. And then two weeks later, this little book showed up in the mail with a bunch of payments, and I felt like I was the one robbed. 
And I realized that God had given me what I wanted. And I was like, Lord, why didn't you protect me from this? He said, because you asked for it. I'm, how many of you are thankful God hadn't given you everything you've asked for in life? But this is really what this verse means. If you take delight in the Lord, watch this, and He will give you the desires of your heart, it means that He's going to inform you of what your motive is, and then He's going to help you to be formed into having the right motive. See, to be informed means He will reveal the intent of your heart. Why do you want that car? Do you need it? Or are you trying to make a status symbol? Why do you want to look this way? Is it because you are trying to get healthy or you have no self-esteem in who you are and so you have to build your body a certain way? You see, He will inform you of what's motivating you. And after He shows you what's motivating you, then He will form you. He will help you to learn and develop and establish the way you should really pursue and present who you are in life. And just to sum this up, I'm going to be real plain with you. You're going to have to say, all right, God, until my motivation is to know Christ and make Him known, then I'm not where I need to be yet. If what you're doing does not help you know Jesus more, then you probably need to find something else. And if it's not helping you reveal Christ, if the way you're going to act towards somebody doesn't help you reveal Christ more, then there's a problem. The problem is this. We need God to reveal what our real, real motives are. And sometimes He uses the Holy Spirit and sometimes He uses other people in our lives. So I close today. As I was driving home last night from the hospital, Christina and I were having a conversation and I don't even know how we got there. I just know where we ended up and it was a train wreck. I said, you know, I sure am doing good in this area of my life. I was thinking about my motivations. And she said, not really. I said, excuse me? I said, it's been a long time since I've had a problem with that in my life. And she said, no, it's been about two months. I said, who, what are you talking about? And she just laid out the whole situation. And I said, I, she, she just showed me how that my pride had... had uh, caused me to react inappropriately towards somebody. Not, not, I didn't curse them or anything like that. I just showed them the error of their ways. She said, it was not your job to show them the error of their ways. I said, but somebody had to teach them. She said, but it wasn't your job to teach them. And do you know what went through my mind right that moment? You can walk the rest of the way home. We were in Roswell. And I said, no. Thank you, God, for using someone else in my life to speak to me about the motivations that are wrong. Are they clapping because you're the only one brave enough? Or I'm not sure. Won't you stand with me? I believe the Holy Spirit's been trying to deal with some of you about the motivations of your life. Jesus is wanting to change who you are. He's wanting you to stop 
some wrong actions and the way you're treating people wrong and some wrong paths. He's wanting you to turn and, and right the ship. And maybe, just maybe today, He sent me to remind you, check your heart. Because if your motivations are wrong, it doesn't matter what your method is, it still stinks. Repent and ask God to change the motivation of your heart so that it will become pleasing. So that whatsoever you find to do, you can do it for all the glory of our Heavenly Father. Bow your heads with me in this place. Living God, we have gathered in your name. You are here and you are present. And Lord, I ask you in the name of Jesus Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit, that as we start this study, as we begin to look at what motivates us and what shouldn't motivate us, Lord, I pray that you'll use your word to challenge who we are. And Lord, I ask you with all that's in me, that Lord, it will become less about the intensity with which we are driven and more about the passion for you to know you and make you known that guides our heart and guides our every word and our every decision. Change who we are. Change our lives. And above all else, help us to serve Christ with all of our strength, with all of our might. May we love you the way we're supposed to. Father, this I pray that right now you'll speak to hearts and you will reveal to them and others will yet even begin to speak in love and people will begin to see why am I doing what I'm doing? What do I need to keep doing? And what has been driven by the wrong motivations? Father, that we might give our all for the kingdom of heaven. Now with every head bowed and every eye closed for just a moment, Maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor, I've had some wrong motivations. I've been treating some people maybe a way I shouldn't have been. I've done some things I shouldn't have done. I've had some wrong motivations guiding my life. And I want to repent for those today. Can I see your hand if that's you? Would you hold it up high? Hands all over this place. Thank you. You can put those hands down. Now let me ask you another question today. Maybe you're here. And you say, Pastor, maybe you're watching, maybe you're listening. And you say, Pastor, the motivation of my salvation experience was to escape hell, not to fall in love with Jesus. And really, you just asked for a get out of hell free card and you didn't really commit your life completely and entirely to Christ. Or maybe you've never committed your life entirely to Christ. And today would be the day you would say, I want to know Jesus as my Lord and Savior, not to escape hell, but because I want to serve Jesus with all that I am. If that's you, the day's the day you'd like to settle your relationship with Christ, I'm not going to embarrass you any more than anybody else that just raised their hand because I didn't embarrass anybody, but I want to see your hand right where you are. If the day's the day you want to settle your relationship, thank you, thank you. Are there others? Thank you. Are there others? If we join with these three, are there others today? This is your time. This is your moment. Maybe you're watching or listening right there where you are. This is your time. This is your moment. Are there others that will join with these today? We're going to pray a prayer of faith. We're not trying to get out of 
what we've done, we're trying to step into what God has for us as His children. All right. Let's pray this prayer of faith. I want everybody in this room to pray this prayer. If you're watching or listening, I want you to join with us as we pray also. Pray with us now. The Bible says that as we confess with our mouth and believe in our hearts that Jesus Christ is Lord and that God raised Him from the dead, we would be born again. So let's make that confession right now. Jesus, by faith, I believe your promises. Heavenly Father, I am a sinner in need of a Savior. In Jesus' name, from this moment forward, I give you my past, my present, and my future. I receive your grace. And now I believe that because of the sacrifice of Jesus, I am forgiven. I am made clean. And now I declare, God is my Father, heaven is my home, and Jesus is my Savior. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for your love and for your presence and for your goodness and your grace. And Lord, I ask you in the name of Jesus that you will bless those who prayed that prayer, some for the very first time today. And Lord, now for every one of us with wrong motivation, I thank you, Lord, that as we grow in your word and as we grow to love you, we shall know Christ and we shall make him known. In Jesus' name, amen. That's today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at War Hill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 8.15, 9.30, and 11 a.m., where you will find Real Love Now.